Welcome back to Blues Hockey Podcast. Your host, Jason, along with Chris. Yo. All right. Chris is back from his uh, sabbatical. I am. So, yeah. So he's uh, missed you last week. So Bond was able to step in real quick. So Thank thanks you to, to Bond. Thanks to Bond for stepping in and doing a great job. We had a, a pretty long one last time. So good uh, podcast last time. A lot of stuff to go over. Yeah. So, so last time we kind of talked, uh, it was about the Blues almost getting in the playoffs. They found a streak there. Had a, they had a, just ended their point streak, had an eight-game point streak, which really helped them get into the playoffs and secure an easy spot. So we kind of messed up on the last podcast. So I said if Arizona lost, the Blues are in, which made sense because Arizona's right behind them. But technically, Arizona had the less Kings games played. It was the Kings need to lose. Yep. So luckily, they did just that that night. The Blues, unfortunately, blew a two-goal lead and lost in overtime against Vegas. But they got the extra they got that point. And with the Kings losing, they get their 44th. Uh, fran- franchise, what do you call it? Playoff berth out of 53 yeah. seasons, which is kind of Pretty amazing good. if you think about it. Like mm-hmm. the consistency of them getting in the playoffs, as much as maybe some years, you know, they weren't expected to do much, or you know, maybe they're a dark horse team. Like this year, I think they're I definitely, was gonna say you could put this year in that mix, yeah. So they're definitely in the dark horse uh team, kind of you know, similar to like I said, not everything gonna be 2019. I get that. Right. I'm not, I'm not a one of those guys that everything's like you know, they're playing well here. They could sneak in. It's like, no, they have to do a lot of stuff has to fall into place and they have to be rolling for them to make some noise here. Cause they got a lot of tough teams in the uh, West division. So yes, they do. So blues in the playoffs. So yay. So like I said, eight of the last nine years, they're in the playoffs. So 44 out of 53, not too shabby. Agreed. So the only year they missed was it 18, 17, 17 they I missed believe. by one point. That was Colorado. the one. That was the Colorado. And that was the kind of set everything in motion. That was the year that they yeah. went out and got Braden Shen and started the turnaround. I consider that kind of the beginning of the turnaround. They didn't have nothing against Paul Stasny, but you didn't you didn't really have like a, a true number one center kind of like mm-hmm. I think that was I think then you had Shen come in and have an amazing season. Boy, gets, did he! And then you know then you go out and get O'Reilly the next season and uh, O'Reilly and Tyler Bozak. So you there and you have Robert Thomas coming in. So you went from literally no centers. So a plethora of centers, which I think is what's helped. And obviously having solid goaltending has helped. Jordan Bennington has turned it around. I think he's come back uh, to, I think, not 100% where he was, you know, during that playoff run. But he's played real good down the stretch. Yeah, but we don't have a lot of those goal, those games where, you know, that he, like, oh, he like to have that one back or a backbreaker goal. Right. He's doing pretty well. So hey, let's, let's be honest. I think you can officially tell that uh, – that Tyler Bozak's in the contract year. Yeah. Playing out of his mind. That dude has turned it on. And uh, I'm okay with that because I think he, yeah. uh, like I said, right now, like, is he going to get paid what he got paid this year? No, probably not. But I definitely think he's played himself into definitely considered like, uh, let's see, not having a contract at all to having a contract, <laughs> like being yeah. in the conversation for a contract, which is great. So I agree. So we got the Blues making the playoffs. We talked about a couple of games here. Uh, it's a milestone, a milestone, not one, not two, but four milestones for David Perron in one night. Yeah, uh, this week, so that was pretty cool. Uh, a contract signing and some retirements from former Blues. So uh, we'll talk about all that is on that this official? week's show. And uh, from according I mean, to the it art- is, but it's not from the article today that was released in the. I don't know if you saw the thirty-one thoughts. Um, I did not article today. You did it today. There's a there's a solid 
out of 31 thoughts. I just saw three things about David Backus and uh, his retirement and kind of what happens, you know, because he basically didn't want anything to be made of him retiring, but the Blues decided not to do that. They wanted to make something of it because of being a former captain, having a, you know. Second longest tenure in team history of a captain. Yeah, so it's one of those things where they uh, definitely wanted to do something, and I think they did a really great job with that. We'll talk about that whole night. So, and recently, uh, well, Blue is on, one of the Blues is on the COVID positive test, which was really weird, but we'll talk about that as well. Mm-hmm. So, so first off, we blues got into the playoffs, but how they got there, let's go into that real quick. We'll do some, we'll do the games first, and then we'll go into all the news because there's a lot more news than about the games. Yes. Uh, so we're gonna talk about the do Vegas games. So the first two Vegas, they played Vegas back to back here. And the first game, I think they played really, really well, to I say agree. the least. I think they had a control most of the game, but they had that late goal when they were up three to one. Yeah. And we're not going to go every goal by goal. I think there's a lot more newsworthy stuff to talk about than kind of mm-hmm. breaking down all these games. So the Blues, I think, were doing really well. And that la- that goal with, like, under 20 seconds left killed them. Yeah. Yeah, it, it did. Yeah, just that that last goal just really hurt them from uh, Martinez with 10 seconds left. It's just the, the turnovers in the zone just killed the Blues. And, you know, unfortunately, they couldn't hold the lead as uh, – Nicholas Waugh got his sixth of the year in about seven minutes into the third. And then just when you thought the Blues were kind of playing well in overtime and they went for a ill time change and they left Jonathan March or so wide open in front and he's not going to miss from that close. No. So he wins it in overtime. The Blues get the point, um, you know, in Vegas. So possible first round matchup here. Uh, very close standing. More standings. than likely. More we'll talk. Likely. We'll talk about it at the, at the end of these games. I want to bring up the standings and see what mm-hmm. your uh, thoughts are. And we're going to put a poll out there on Twitter and Facebook about uh, the playoffs. So who you would like to face? So we're gonna look for that on all our social medias and go ahead and vote. So before we move on to this game, real quick, Vegas helmets, the oh, shiny they're helmets. Awful. Okay, they're so bad. They are the they they are the worst thing in the NHL. And there's a lot of ugly crap in the NHL, but that that helmet, good God, like it's it's just bad. It's just awful. Like you're not Notre Dame. Stop it. And then so the minor league team is like that. I think the I want to say the Silver Knights off the top of my head, and then they have like brights. They have like chrome silver, like silver ones. That's just as bad. Yeah, and not really. Uh, I think it just it's so bad looking. It just. Eh. Maybe that's their point. They're trying to do this so it draws attention to them, and I don't know. It's just they're not great. I hate you know, them. I when when the when the Golden Knights unveiled their uniforms a few years ago when they first came into existence, I thought they did a really good job. Like you obviously figured there had to be gold in it somewhere because there's gold in the name. Um, but I thought it was it was really cool that it was a predominantly you know gray and then the the black and all that, and it was just the inverse of that for the away jersey. But it started this year when they debuted their third jersey, which mm-hmm. is that awful, like, gold, pukey gold yellow that yeah, reminds it. me of. You remember when Nashville had a third jersey that was that color? Yes, so it was like, like, the, they, like a, it was like the saber tooth on the front, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. Like they they've got yellow ones now, but those are different. That's more of just like a bright yellow. Where this was kind of like a. Mustard they yellow. Were trying, yeah. Like dark mustard yellow. Yeah. 
and these are the same and like they're just bad and no sooner did i say well it can't get any worse than that and they brought out these metallic gold helmets which are the worst thing in the nhl right now i if i was a vegas fan i would say get rid of that third jersey and make the reverse retro your third jersey that's a good looking jersey yeah, the reverse retro is kind of they based off of the old Las Vegas Thunder team that was there mm-hmm. for a while. Curtis Joseph played for them briefly in between, yep. I think between Edmonton and Toronto, right? He and, was between. Yes, and they flipped the logos. They put the shoulder lapels on the front chest, and then they put the crest with the helmet on the shoulders. Yeah. I think it's really, really cool. But, man, that that gold Knights jersey and that, crow, that shiny gold helmet, that's got to go. That is just gaudy and yeah now granted it's a city that makes its money off of gaudy that's true but yikes that might that helmet might be worse than the late 90s blues jersey that never made it to the ice yeah it might be and that's a pretty awful jersey if you uh, look that up so pretty awful looking so Speaking of that awful jersey, they actually did wear that yellow jersey on Friday here. Yes, they did. And so, uh, pretty simple. The Blues didn't really look in it in this at all. Kind of a. I think there was an emotional letdown. I think the Riley Smith goal, which it was just it just a bad carom off of one of the defensemen in front off their skate into the net. Uh, it might have been Schwartz them even in front of the net, and there's nothing he could do. So Riley Smith gets his twelfth, and then a egregious pass by Perron right to Petrangelo. Two years ago, that would have been fine. Not this uh, year. Correct. But unfortunately, Rex Petrangelo, who turns it over to Chandler Stevenson, who one times it and has a shorthanded goal about a minute later, and that just set the tone the rest of the game. Uh, Colton Preco tried to make it interesting, got a little wraparound goal his second of the year yeah. with about a 30 seconds left in the second period to make it interesting. But the Blues never seemed super into this game. And then, no. of course, they take an early penalty. Riley Smith gets the power play goal, and then he gets the uh, – late uh empty net goal unassisted there was i don't know if you, the hat trick the four to one loss for the blues i don't know if you heard this stat during the game but in that second period right before the blues scored they were at five shots combined for the first two periods and um it was either pang or kelly made the comment that the record for fewest shots through two periods was Detroit at six. And then right after that, we got a shot on goal. And then like 20 seconds later, Pareko scored. So not only did we get a goal, but we got one shot more than Detroit. So we are not tied for the lowest shots through two periods. This year. Yeah, this team this is very not, they're not great about getting shots through or fire, making the extra pass. It's one of the two, either they can't get the buck through and take a shot, shoot right into a crowd of people or defenseman's shin pads. There's a or, lot of block shots. Yeah, or they just make that extra pass trying to make the, you know, I say for sure goal, but like trying to make the one so the person has a one-timer easy open net instead of just getting the shot on goal sometimes. Bring up that point again in the next game when we talk about um, the L.A. game and power plays. So we'll get into that game real quick. So the Blues go for their last road game of the year. So they finish up the road trip here in L.A. Another re- So basically – those two Vegas games were supposed to be the end of their regular season before yep. the all the COVID delays and everything that happened so far. Yep. So those are three more games. So of course, all rescheduled games. So LA, so the LA Kings game, this is the rescheduled game from about a month LA ago. was 
Yeah, when they were stuck in Colorado because of the snowstorm. Correct. So this one got moved to here, and the Blues play the Kings. So, like, as Chris says, well, I'll be 100% honest with you. Fell asleep after the first period. I tried my Same. best. Same. I, I, fell, I made it halfway through the second. That's I, how boring this game was. It was so boring. There was a combined 11 shots in the first period, five for the Blues and six for the Kings. Yep. And it was like neither team. It looks like both teams are like playing no out. Yeah, they're playing out the rest of the season, it seemed like. You know, the Blues are getting to the playoffs, but I think the Blues know that no matter what they do these last three games. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. They can't move up. They can't go. They can't get out of the playoffs. They're in for sure. They can't move up the third. So there's yeah. no point there. So I think they're at the point like don't get injured and just yeah. get through this game. I so uh, go ahead and if you want to make your point about the extra so, passing, <clears throat> it, it, more so than the extra passing is if if you watched this game last night, there was a power play in the first period where nobody took a shot on goal whose last name wasn't Hoffman. And like Perron made a couple of really nice passes to Hoffman. And I think if we had been dealing with a goalie who was right-handed instead of left-handed, he would have scored. Um, But there were also two points on the power play where Perron on the left side had the alley to shoot, had a, had a clear shot at, at Peterson made an extra move to find the seam and pass it to Hoffman for a one-timer, which I get it. Hoffman has the hot hand, but it, it goes back to what we were saying was it a couple of weeks ago, like this power play while effective right now is so one dimensional and so predictable that when we get into the playoffs, if you don't think they're going to have someone in Mike Hoffman's back pocket just following him everywhere. I, other people have to shoot. If you have a lane to get a shot on goal, shoot the damn puck. David, it's the first time in my life I've ever seen David Perron pass up a shot to pass the puck to someone else. Yeah, so hopefully, yeah, because right now, like I said, they're averaging you know low twenties in the shots so far, and it's not great for the playoffs because no, you're gonna need to get as many as possible. They only had 19 in this game total. Now, the overtime, they had one shot, which is the only one they needed, hint hint. But they had five, six, and seven. That's how their shots went. Yep. The Kings pushed. God, that game was boring. Six, nine, and twelve, and then none in overtime. Yeah. So. We, we talked about earlier, Tyler Bozak. It looks like he's trying to earn himself another contract. Uh, nice passing play by total Falk, Schwartz, and to Bozak. Bozak's in the uh, slot and kind of backhands it. It looks like, a, to me, did it go five-hole? Did it go, like, between his arm and his body? I thought it went five-hole. It might have been five-hole. I might be thinking of a uh, different goal. So, Bozak gets his fifth. Alex Ayafalo later in the period gets his 13th from Velarde and Olimata. So going to – and that is in the third period. So mind you, if you stuck into the third period, you actually oh. finally saw goals, which is crazy. God but, bless you. So the overtime, mind you, this this sequence, if you will go ahead back and watch the, the overtime sequence here where the Blues have the puck, nearly turn it over, get it back, almost turn it over again on a bad pass, then regain it, and Prawn steals it to make a two-on-one. 
And don't ask me what Drew Doherty was doing. Instead of playing the pass at all, he goes right at Perron, and Perron just lays it over to Justin Falk, who has all the room. Yeah. And Justin Falk made – if you watch it from a – you can't see it from, like, the far view that they normally show the game. If they show it from the reverse angle, kind of, like, behind the goalie. I don't know if you saw this, but he made, like, a little – like, a stutter step almost. Like, you could barely see it, and it made Peterson cheat just a little bit to his glove side. Yeah. And then it Justin Falk goes – and then he went to the short side for his seventh and 46 seconds in overtime. He gets it from Perron and O'Reilly and the Blues – get two points in on their last regular season road game of the year. They come home to face the Minnesota wild for two games. Minnesota doesn't have much to play for either. The, um, the best they can do. And that's if uh, a lot of teams lose out, they can get second place so they can get home mice for the first round at least, but that's it. Um, yeah. So they won't be able to get much there. So we talked about the stand. We were going to talk about the standing, so I'll bring that mm-hmm. to you real quick. So, and then I'll kind of let Chris take it from what he thinks either a will happen or want to happen. So, the Blues almost finished up here. We have two games left. We just talked about both games against Minnesota. So, as of right now, Vegas has one game left to play with eighty points, and the reason that happened is because Colorado beat them last night two to one. When apparently Colorado was getting schooled by Vegas very badly from everything I was reading on Twitter this morning. So let's see. Colorado was right behind them was 54 games played and 78 points. So only two points behind. Yep. Uh, and then Minnesota, obviously 75 points. So the best they could do is second place and the blues, obviously way back there and fourth at 59 points. So Arizona's done for the year. So is Anaheim. Anaheim yes. wrapped up. So we'll talk about the Anaheim game. Real quick, but the Blues obviously win this one, or they didn't win this one. They lost it in overtime, but David Backus got to play in this game. The Blues had their um, little tribute. So they had a little tribute played, and, you know, Backus, you know, you could tell he was moved by it, which I thought was, you know. Sure. Um, apparently his – I thought his, they said his wife and kids were in the stands, but – Yeah, they showed them at one point. Okay, so they were in the stands, and then along with his parents – and uh, Backus did, you know, played a couple of shifts, and he actually had a really good shot and almost scored on uh, Bennington. Yep. He just uh, missed the shot, I think, at the glove side by a couple couple inches, not by much. Yeah. So the Blues lose this game four to three to Anaheim in a shootout, but that's not the important thing. So number one star of the game is David Backus, uh, who looks like he is heading to retirement. From you know everything that's been said, pretty much he's kind of trying to keep it low key, but. Pang said, welcome to Blues alumni, and Bacchus did not say no. Correct. So that's pretty much saying that he is, you know, done. Had a video from his wife and kids, uh, you know. So a lot of good things. David Bacchus going, da- going down is one of the, I say, one of the great Blues. Retirement number worthy? No, let's not go that far. Sorry. No. If he got a cup here, different Maybe. story. But um, I would say one of the we're in the great blues that you remember. Kind of like you'll if you look back, you can say <sighs> guys like Pierre Turgeon. Sure. Right. And, but you know, guys that were real popular during their time here. They, you know, we could say you can say Brendan Shanahan for a short one but as popular as he was for the what three seasons he was here. Curtis Joseph. Yeah. Stuff Curtis like Joe Curtis Joseph, I think, is the great example. Okay, yeah, I, 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 I think did some great you... stuff here, but not enough to number retirement or anything like that. I think there's obviously extenuating circumstances when you talk about Shanahan 
And I never really thought about that until we had our Janny interview and he brought up the fact that there's no pictures of either of the two of them in the arena anywhere. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's by coincidence. I think that is something that this team has decided we're not going to acknowledge. Um, I think, I think that, and you can also say, um, Doug Gilmore too. You don't see. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely one of those. Um, Curtis Joseph, I think, is the perfect example. Like, great player. Well, always be welcome back. Yeah, we'll always be welcome back here. He's always going to be a blue. But is he jersey number retirement worthy? No. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I thought that the Blues did a really good job of uh, of honoring Bacchus. You know, it's there, there's two things here. Number one, it shows you that in hindsight. Doug Armstrong was right and did the right thing. Yeah. Didn't give him the extra year. You know, I mean, this, this would have been the last year of the, of the Boston contract, correct? That extra year that he wanted. Yep. So going back to 19, the year the blues won the cup. Backus was pretty much a healthy scratch for the, for most of that season in playoffs. Yeah. He only played in, I think one or I think one Stanley Cup finals game. Yeah. I can remember maybe one or two. I mean, the first two games, and after that, they, he was I remember upstairs. him playing. Yeah, he was upstairs the rest of the time because I don't think he played while in St. Louis. No, I don't think he did either. He played any games in St. Louis. It was I think I think it was two the first two in Boston. I want to say that he played, yeah. but um, uh, yeah, so great player and for all intents purposes. But I think he'd be a player. There, the Blues will do a night where they'll honor him. Yep, coming up, you know. Sure. So we'll. Uh, that, I think next year they'll definitely have Chris Pronger's jersey retirement as a night. They'll have they'll you know honor David Backus for sure. One guy that they probably won't honor due to uh, him only being here for a cup of coffee, basically. Mind you, might be maybe one of the maybe the greatest American-born goalie of all time. Oh, for sure. But, for sure. But, but he did give us the coin. He gave us the term Ryan Miller shutout. So we did get that. Yeah. from our friends in Buffalo. So I'm surprised he didn't play either of those games in St. Louis. I know he was only here for a playoff run, Yeah, but still. I thought it, and they were back-to-back games too, which was interesting. Yeah. He figured That's he why like, I yeah. figured he'd get into one of them. Yeah. Um, the second thing I was going to say about the Bacchus thing is I don't know if you'll ever get him to openly admit it, but I have to imagine behind closed doors with friends and family, if you would pin David Bacchus down, in hindsight, I'll bet you he wishes he would have taken the five-year deal from Armstrong instead of six. Four-year. Four-year. Sorry, four instead of five. Yeah, which, remember, um, that was the deal. Remember, he gave him the same money. The right. same money. It was six years, right. six mil. And I'll play devil's advocate for you because you're saying, thank God the Blues to make that deal and whatever. But you think about it, they technically turned that money into the Alexander Steen contract. Which, 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 you can make the argu- which you can make the argument this year that he was hurt enough that he couldn't even play. I mean, look, both guys were guys at the end of their contracts. Personally, I would have probably rather had David Backus for four years as opposed to Steen. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, Armstrong saw it coming. And it's something we talked about when Backus walked away that players who play that style of hockey, the back end of their career, it's not a downward slope. It's a cliff. Yeah. You know, they're great. They're great. They're great. They're done. It, it's It's not a right slow off the sunset yeah yeah um and you you kind of wonder like if he had to do it all over again would he have stayed in st louis 
remained the captain for four years and then decided, do we want to go year by year? Or do I want to shut it down? Yeah. I think it's interesting because with member Bacchus was, like you said, healthy scratch most of the time in the playoffs. But if you think about it, Tenica Alexander Steen was one of the main cogs on the fourth line. That was one of the reasons why the blues kind of had you're their not, run. You're not lying. You're so, not lying. So it's interesting on how things kind of like happened the way they're supposed to happen. And like you said, anything starting from when Bacchus left and you had to go and you went and got Braden Shen, you know, like you, you know, sure. you had the, uh, I think it was 2016. Uh, today is the anniversary of game seven against Dallas, oh. where it was the six to one shellacking the Blues put on them. Oh, that was a great game. If you remember, because I remember watching it with our mutual friend, Mike, we went to a, a bar to watch it and we missed part of the first period because it was such a bad storm outside that the uh, cable froze. So we had to quickly turn on our phones and watch it via our phones real quick. And we, we actually mm-hmm. saw the Patrick Bergen goal on our phone yeah. in, the th- in the first period. And then we got it back by the second period. And that's when the blue started rolling. So that's why I always remember it being a huge storm that day. And then pretty much the blues dominating that game from, Remember it being, I think it was five to five to nothing before they finally got a goal, and it was it wanted yep. to be in six to one total. So, I watched that game at a bar in New York City that was directly across the street from the Empire State Building, um, called Foley's, which was actually uh, a Pittsburgh Penguins bar, but it was also a St. Louis Cardinals bar because there's there was no official St. Louis Blues bar in New York, but because the Blues were advancing. Uh, as long as it didn't counteract with um, Penguins games, Foley's would host Blues watch parties. Uh, and sadly, that restaurant did not survive COVID. Mm. Um, but uh, it was great. It was like being in St. Louis. Their whole like it was filled with St. Louis transplants to New York, and uh, they had St. Louis style pizza on the menu. But no one told the people in the kitchen how to make St. Louis style pizza. Players. So it was, it was essentially a New York style pizza for people who know New York pizza mm. with Provel cheese. That's hilarious. It was the worst shit I've had in my entire life, but they had good toasted wraps. So I made up for it. I made up for it. So went to that. Reti- it was both retirement. So the second time, obviously Ryan Miller retired officially after his, uh, luscious career. I had yep. a cup of coffee here. Uh, we call it the 5% trade. So it made the blues 5% better according to Doug Armstrong. And that just, didn't work out the way you thought, but did believe the Blues, uh, technically their current uh, assistant coach, Steve Ott, to St. Louis for new, for a few years. So you had Steve Ott as a Blues. So, yep. uh, I mean, you know, so you lost him to Vancouver in the offseason, and then the Blues search for a goaltender continued after that. So they wound up going with, obviously, with uh, that started after that. That was the whole Brian Elliott, uh, Jake Allen, and Jake Allen being the starter for a while there. So, interesting times that uh, happened after that. So it, it also brought me, uh, it brought me personally, I would say the third best hockey game I've ever been to in person. All three have been playoff games. This one was the triple overtime game against Chicago. Yep. That was the uh, that playoff run. That was that game. That was the, that run was amazing. That they, Up until it wasn't. Yeah, so it was, <laughs> that was the one where you were like, man, this might be after they beat that Dallas, you know, that Dallas game that, you know, like, man, this is it. And then they got to San Jose and they were just out of gas, man. And just nothing, 
it just sucked because it looked like that was the year where I was like, I bought after that game seven against Dallas, I bought in. I was like, all right, man, this is amazing. They finally got through game seven against Chicago in such a great game. They trounced Dallas. They were ready. That was on the road too. you know, it was like, all right, they got this. They, they are overcome adversity and then just crapped the bed against San Jose. I don't know if you remember San Jose, I think it was two to two in the series and they played game five and got demolished and then just got smoked. And then game six was just nothing. They just, yep. they just folded real bad. So like we talked about it, Vegas and Colorado are fighting for the top. So right now, Vegas has more wins. They have two more wins than Colorado. So Colorado has to do this by points. Yep. So right now Colorado plays uh, the Kings for the last two games while Vegas travels to San Jose. San Jose. Yep. So two bottom feeder teams, you know, with similar records. So they both have 49 points. So uh, San Jose has one more game played than Los Angeles at this point. Mm -hmm. So they have the last game played against Vegas. So, at the end of the day, Colorado has a chance to get the President's Trophy, hop over Vegas, and then Colorado versus the Blues will be the first round. If you had a choice. Obviously, Minnesota is out of this equation now due to just mm-hmm. uh, points. So if Colorado or Vegas, who would you like to see? Or do you have a preference at this point? I I don't think there's much of a difference between playing those two teams. Um we've shown that we can beat either one and we've shown that if we're not on our game, they're going to make us look stupid. Um, I guess I would, om- I, I'm going to regret saying this. I would rather play Vegas because I want to knock Petro out of the playoffs. I think that's saying, that seems to be kind of like what I've uh, gathered from a couple of friends <laughs> talking to them. They want to do it just because that's the only reason why. Yeah. Like, I not, mean, really matchup wise, matchup wise, honestly, I think over seven games, they can beat Colorado. I think Colorado. I think the, they can beat Vegas over seven games. They've shown that they can do it. It'll be tougher. I think it'll be tougher to do that against Vegas and Colorado. I think Colorado, the Blues, I believe, um, in their little series of games they had, those three games, they didn't let a five-on-five goal in against yeah. Colorado. So they're, if they yeah. can shut them down five-on-five and not take penalties, they got a really good shot of beating Colorado. I think Vegas plays really, like I said, but same thing you said before. They play their game, and hopefully they're completely healthy. Right now, you're still missing Dunn. Tarasenko's in and out of the lineup. Uh, Sammy Blaze still might be a ways away. And it might be some other guys nicked up, for all you know. Uh, Jake Wallman, that we talked about earlier, is currently on the COVID uh, list. So they think it's a false positive, according to Doug Armstrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's still on it today. So hopefully they get some more tests and get him back. They said, which I thought was very interesting, considering HIPAA rules, that the, they flat out said, Jake Wallman's had COVID-19 before and he's vaccinated. So we yeah. believe it's, which honestly still could have it. <laughs> Unfortunately, sure. just, just because that's apparently been happening. That's very low percentage of people. Like I think it's under 2% of people who've had it before have gotten it again and been vaccinated. And so obviously it's very possible just like with flu vaccine, you get the flu, you can still get the flu. Yep. So we'll see. So hopefully Jake Wallman, who I think has had a really good year out of nowhere. So I'll, uh, he's been playing well. Nico Mikolas filled in very nicely. Uh, Toy Krug is back in the lineup. We'll take mm-hmm. that. Uh, and Justin Falk playing about 30 minutes a night and looking every bit of that contract, looking like it's Doug Armstrong actually knows what he's talking about compared mm-hmm. to anybody else who argued about that contract in the past. Agreed. So 
so all the playoffs are done. And I talk about the playoffs and the one thing I'm going to bring up a moneypuck.com. I don't know if you've gone to this website before or seen the Twitter uh, handle and they kind of every day they post percentages of like teams making the playoffs. Like if they make the playoffs, what's the percentages that they might make the playoffs? We get through the first round, second round, third round and win the Stanley cup. So as of right now, according to money puck on this is uh, we're recording on the 11th. So as of the 10th, the blues out of these 16 teams that are in the playoffs have the worst percentage chance to win the Stanley cup. And that is a 0.1% chance. I'm really kind of surprised that the Blues are lower than Montreal. Lower than a couple of teams, I'll be honest with you, but um, like Winnipeg and other teams. Winnipeg's lost nine of the last ten. It hasn't looked great. And they are winning right now, but they're playing against Vancouver. Okay, well, not everybody's been winning against Vancouver this year. So Yes. I found that interesting, but coincidentally, you turn it around, we talked about the team we might be facing in the first round. Um. Colorado has an over a 19% chance and Vegas has a little above a 10% chance. So Vegas is about third best chance. And then Colorado with the best chance to win the Stanley cup right now. Uh, to me, all the pressure is on them. I think the blues, oh, for sure. The blues being in the, the spot, I think is like we talked when we were talking with Theo Fleury, like first round is the worst, like the hardest round because the teams that are, shouldn't be there. don't have a chance. Just, you know, they play yep. their hearts out and can knock a team off. And that's their goal is to be the, uh, spoiler. So, yes. you know, Colorado has uh, been a favor for a couple of years now, ever since the, the Blues kind of won in 19. And last year, Colorado was right behind us and they were a favorite. And this year, they're a favorite. So, I was just going to make that same point that I think you look at teams like Colorado and, and even Vegas, you know, a team that went to the cup final in their first year of existence, all the pressure on the world is on them uh, until they win it. And, you know, you look at, I think we, we've had Blues teams that had that pressure and didn't succeed. And then you look at, you know, 2019 when this Blues team, you know, scraped and battled to get in. There was no pressure on them. They were playing with house money from the jump. They were supposed to get smoked by Winnipeg. And then they were supposed to beat Dallas. And then they, or I'm sorry, Dallas was supposed to beat them. And then the Sharks were supposed to beat them. And then no one thought they would ever beat Boston. Yeah, um, we were so, we were the minority of like people. No, nobody thought they would win against the Boston yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, you know, I I don't I can't think of a single pro writer who picked the Blues to beat Winnipeg. Um, so I, I think this team thrives when they're the underdog, and you know, obviously it's a little bit different now because you're only two years away from winning a cup. You have that pedigree. You have people in the locker room who, who know what it takes and have done it. You know, as they like to say, there's a lot of people with rings in this room. And then there's also Kyle Clifford. who has got two. Uh, so, you know, this team knows how to win and it's a lot harder when you're in your own head with the pressure of, Oh God, are we going to fail again? Like Vegas or, or Colorado. So I think the blues are in a surprisingly good place. Do I expect them to beat Colorado or Vegas? No, but if they do it, I, I won't say that I will be shocked. Yeah, they can do it. Like, will Absolutely. they? It's going to be very difficult to say to, that's being, for sure. In play, because you've seen, 
I would not be surprised. You play either one of these teams, Vegas or Colorado, whoever they wind up getting. If there's a game where the Blues say they win a couple, like two, let's say two to one or three to two, and the next game they come out and get smoked seven to four or seven to Easy. two or something like that. Yeah, because yeah, there's just that, sure. that kind of firepower over there. Look at the first two games of the year. Yeah. I mean, the Blues lost... come out and beat Colorado, what, 4 1? And it looked great. Yeah. And then the next day, lose 8 nothing. Yeah. I would not be surprised that happens if we play either team just because yeah. of just the firepower and the, the both very well coached teams. Uh, I did see Nathan McKinnon having injuries, but I believe he came back. But still, if he has some kind of injury, that's your best player. I mean, that's. Is Rantanen still out? Uh, he just came back. So, okay. but still, you're looking at that and then. It, if Vegas has any right now. Vegas has everybody in, to my knowledge. Mm. They've had the very good this year of having. But they're good also health. a team. They're also a team that's that's dressing a short bench because of the cap. Yeah, and that which happened when Alec Martinez was hurt. So if that happens again, I don't know if they'll be able to do it with the cap. But they might have to start dressing. Uh, you know, they might have to keep a spot open, like move a backup goalie down. Like move one, like let's say Lanier down or something like that mm-hmm. to be their third goalie, just so they have a cap room. Because keeping both those guys there is great, but man, it, that came back and bit them. So that's mm-hmm. what's killing them right now. So yeah, because they only dressed uh, I think fifteen guys last time because they only dropped five defensemen and ten five forwards. defensemen and ten or eleven forwards. Yeah, yeah, it was ridiculous. So we'll see what happens. And they're still they're still competing for a president's trophy. Yeah, that's it just tells you how good they are. Uh, they're set up over there. So yep. Two more things we'll talk about, which I will rewind to the milestones and section I missed right before during talking about retirements. So David Perron in one night set, uh, he got four milestones during a game this week. So Dave Perron, who's had his, this be his third stint with the blues, correct? Third. Yes. yes. Third correct. stint with the blues has always signed a contract with just the blues, which we've talked about many times. So first off dressed with his 900th career game, NHL game total. 600th as a blue so that's a for math people that's two-thirds of his career at the st louis blues so then near the end of the game he got an assist on ryan O'Reilly's empty net goal uh, against uh anaheim here and so that was his not only he likes round numbers which i'll give thanks for that it makes it nice and easy so 600th career point and 400th with st louis so once again two-thirds of those points with yep the blues so it shows he's very consistent across the board his whole career which i think is very uh Interesting. So 600 points in he's going to be great games. in Seattle next year. They're going to, I think they'll, they'll protect him. <laughs> they have to protect him, right? I mean, I hope so. I hope they do. Poor David Perron. I mean, the, I think the Blues be like, hey, but you can see, I get to see Doug Armstrong be like, I'll give you whatever if you take Zach Sanford just so oh, he would stop geez. moving up to the first line. Uh, so uh, the other note I have down here, so is a, uh, Contract, very minor signing here, but Steve Santini uh, signed a two-year, two-way deal. So, guy that the Blues had to jump, he had to call the emergency uh, yep. conditions the other night due to Wallman being out at the last minute against the Kings. So, he jumped in and played and think played okay from what I remember. I couldn't remember remember too much. So, he'll be a guy that's going to be called on to come up and down, the you know, for between wherever the Blues, Springfield, when they get to Springfield next year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's about all the little news and notes we got here. So, Blues got these last two games and then the playoffs. So, we'll have a big playoff preview talking about all the 
different matchups and what we think will happen during those and have all our picks for all the rounds and all that good stuff. Um, we'll, we'll have some, we'll have a guest or two on just to make kind of a round table discussion. I think it'll be good times whenever the blues and the NHL announce the schedule is when we'll kind of depending on when we'll do this. So if the blues, well, Chris was just telling me before we, uh, uh, clicked a record here that apparently Boston and Washington game is on the NHL app for Saturday. Saturday at 6.15 on but, NBC. But coincidentally, the Vancouver-Edmonton regular season game is at the same time. Well, it's the same day. Same it's day. three hours earlier uh, on the NHL network. And what's funny is that's not even the last regular season game because the next day, Sunday the 16th, you've got the Flames at the Canucks to end the regular season. Which that one fine it's two teams that are not in the playoffs don't play the game like just don't play it it's not needed it means nothing yeah so the the flames and the canucks game i'm 100 fine with them playing that game because both teams are not in the playoffs it's not gonna it it might affect like seating wise for draft and stuff like that let them play it that's fine the the fan bases um you know get some revenue and stuff like that which the one thing i didn't forgot to mention on my notes here for the vegas game the Vegas game on Friday night had the largest crowd in the NHL this season. They had 7,900 fans. So wow! I did see today that the Blues, it wasn't officially announced, but I think Andy Strickland said the Blues get to increase their uh, capacity to 5,000. So wow. uh, all the Cardinals got to increase theirs by 10,000. So they're up to about 24,000. So about they're over half filled now for the uh, Bush Stadium. So slowly but surely we're getting back to normal. So the Blues – you know, go on some kind of run. Yeah. You never know. I don't know. Like, I know, Chris, you're slowly but surely gearing up for uh, concerts, you know, somewhat. I got one next week. Yeah, so he's got one next week, and I know you announced one for the end of December, so you're getting there. Yeah. So we're starting to gear up towards somewhat normalcy, so we'll uh, hopefully get some good uh, good news here for people being to attend the games and uh, some playoff hockey because playoff hockey is a lot more fun when the fans are in the stands and the energy's in the building. And so true, so true. So I really hope they can get more than five thousand. But hell, if they get five thousand in the stands, you're about you know was that twenty five percent ish or so close. I'd say so. Yeah, a little above twenty five percent for the uh, Enterprise Center. So hopefully we get that. Uh, I'll get more of a crowd soon. So we'll wrap it up there. And if you need a hold of us on Twitter, it's at Blues Hockey NHL. Chris is at. At Hossapalooza. Uh, also, check us out on Facebook and Instagram. It's Blues Hockey Podcast. Uh, also, check out our website, blueshockeypodcast.net and also.com. Uh, if you want to download and listen to the podcast, go ahead and do that on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Pocket Cast, and all the other casts that are out there. Uh, make sure you rate and review us. That also helps with all the you know crazy iTunes and other things, algorithms, helps us move yep. up in there. Uh, make sure you do that. It'll help us out greatly. Also, check out the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, that's where we're a part of. So thanks to them for letting us be a part of them. Uh, hopefully, they uh, will have. We could try to. I think we're going to gear for more of the off season. Is where we're going to try to have talk to some other different fan bases. Maybe that's around the league and stuff, and work with uh, other podcasts. And there, it's just I think uh, timing issues has been kind of the uh, round lately is with us so we'll get something in the off season to keep uh always have content coming your way during the off season because you know off season's a little slow especially after the we do our usual big entry draft uh special we always kind of usually do our free agency and then we're kind of slow slow on news after that 
It'll be a little shorter offseason than normal, but we'll still have some more content coming your way. So also make sure you go to DraftKings and use the code THPN uh, today. And when you start your account, you'll get a bunch of bonuses and there's a bunch of different stuff with the playoffs starting. Uh, DraftKings is a good good time to get started on that. And plus baseball season's gearing in. And then I believe NBA is starting to start the playoffs. They have like a weird play-in system now, apparently. Yep. So you can start start looking into that if you're a big basketball fan. Or just with us, bet on the Blues, bet on who might score first during the game. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe you can put some money on Clem Costin. He might be playing in the last regular season game coming up on Thursday, according to oh, Craig Brube. Snap. So put a little money on Clem Costin. Or I believe the well, I think the nickname, Chris, give me your uh, rating on the nickname. I believe that's going around the Twitters right now for him is the real Clem Shady. I like it. You like it? All right. Well, Chris's approval. So we're, we're good to go. So that'll be uh, I see Annette going around on the uh, Twitters. So uh, go ahead, DraftKings today. So thanks again, everybody, for listening, and uh, we will talk to you guys next time. See ya. Gonna take you.